0: So, in the sanctuary here, it's uh, time to hear from God's Word. And uh, Hilary is going to bring that to us shortly.
1: First uh, reading from God's Word this morning is taken from Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. The parable of the sower. On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching, he said, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the pass It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the second reading this morning is taken from Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. And this section is on rules for holy living. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
0: Wonderful, thank you, Hilary, very much indeed. So we have lots of words every day, don't we? We hear lots of words, we say lots of words. Uh, I wonder whether those of you in the congregation might uh, be able to just suggest to me the longest word that you know. And if you're in the chat, maybe just to type in the longest word that you can think of and that can spell. Don't worry if there are any blips on the spelling. But uh, let's see if we can gather together some long words this morning. Uh, Anyone like to have a go? Uh, Looks as if, Bruce, you're being volunteered. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. That sounds pretty good to me. Absolutely, I won't try and repeat that one, but uh, yeah, you all heard it. Yes. Uh, Anything else? A sermon. Thank you. It had to be, didn't it? So, yes, I had a, a quick look in the dictionary. Of course, most of the longest words were words that I couldn't possibly pronounce, so I wasn't going to attempt any of those. Uh, psychophysiotherapeutics seemed to be quite a challenging one, both to write and to speak. Uh, not seeing any brave words coming up in the chat, but... The reality is that words are powerful, whether they are long or short, all kinds of words are very powerful. Proverbs 12 and verse 18 tells us that the words of reckless, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the words of the wise bring healing. So a word spoken can be incredibly dangerous, dangerous, but it can also be incredibly helpful. James chapter 3 and verse 6 says the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's strong words, isn't it, about the tongue, just an organ, a part of the body, but actually the power that it has through what it is able to deliver. Speaking the wrong words or failing to speak the right words has huge consequences. Now, we're looking at the moment at these verses in Colossians chapter 3, and those of you who've been following us uh, either at home or here in the building over the last few weeks in August will know that we've been looking quite closely at Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. And within this passage, there is this wonderful phrase, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God. So that's the little bit of this passage that we're looking at this morning. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So, What is the Word of Christ? How do we separate this off from all the many, many words that we hear and that we speak in a given day? Well, actually, there's more than one answer to this. What is the Word of Christ? Well, it's not just a simple answer. The Word of Christ is the message of salvation. It is the message that Jesus has brought to the whole of mankind. Embodied, of course, in the person of Jesus himself. In John's Gospel, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is described as the Word, as the one who brings life and light to all mankind, that Jesus carries within himself the message of salvation, makes it possible that he is the Word and that he brings us that living Word now. He invites us to believe in him, he invites us to trust him, he invites us to follow him. His word is indeed life eternal. So the word is the message of salvation that comes through Jesus. But of course the spoken words of Jesus and the accounts of his life, not just that central message of salvation but all that Jesus did and all that he said... The whole of what his life demonstrated is also gathered into this word of Christ. The stories of how he came alongside those who were hurting, those who were excluded by other people, those who were so locked in their own religious system that they'd inherited that they couldn't actually see that Jesus is indeed God's word to us and God's gift to the world. And there's so much teaching in the four accounts that we have of the life of Jesus, that all of this needs to be gathered up into the Word of Christ. But then we say the Word of Christ is not just the message that Jesus brings himself. It's not just the accounts that tell us about that message in the four Gospels. But actually we have a bigger picture through the whole of Scripture. And the whole of Scripture is gathered into this because it points to Jesus. And because it follows on from the life of Jesus to address the circumstances of the early Christians. And so there is a sense in which Scripture as a whole is the word of Christ to us today when it is heard and read and received appropriately. And so in the midst of so many other words, we today hear the word of Christ The message of salvation, the life and teaching of Jesus, the whole of Scripture stand apart from that huge exchange of words that goes on in ordinary conversation. The word of Christ is something very special. And it's highlighted here in this passage. In this whole passage that talks about how we should live as Christian believers, clothed in the appropriate way, bringing forgiveness and love. Knowing God's peace, hearing and receiving the word of Christ, it sits within this picture of Christian living. And there are a few things particularly about the word of Christ that I would like to share this morning. And the first is the richness of that word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, says the Apostle Paul. Dwelling in you richly can mean dwelling in you abundantly. It's as if you're soaking up the goodness of God from Scripture, feasting on the richness of God's promises. And this is why I chose the story of the sower as part of our Scripture to hear this morning. Because in the story of the sower, we have this amazing parable where the seed was scattered, and it's the only story where Jesus himself gives an explanation as to what it means that that seed is the Word, the Word of Christ, that is scattered. Many of you will know the story and how some seed fell on the path and the birds ate it up and some fell on stony ground and it had no roots and some fell amongst the thorns and it was choked and some fell in good soil. I wonder how often do you read a word of Scripture and it's there one moment and it's gone the next? How often is the word of Christ scorched by the heat of daily pressures and demands? How often is the word of Christ choked by all the other words that you read or hear in any any given day? You see, it seems to me that often our lives are like the weeds, like the path, like the stony ground, or they're full of thorns but they actually need to become a place where the Word of Christ grows and expands and puts down roots and bears amazing fruit. And that's what Paul is saying in this appeal to the believers in Colossae. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. I was so grateful for the shaping that I had as a teenager in church with lots of opportunity for Bible study, for discussion, for asking questions, for seeking to understand more about the commitment that I'd already made And I still have a very well-worn, very used Bible, which I was using very much in those years, which had a lot of pencil markings all over it as I wrote down notes, as I was trying to absorb and soak in what God was saying at that time. That early Bible has notes written all over it. It's sometimes hard to think how you translate that kind of way of soaking and absorbing into the way of life that we have now. But of course there are lots of different ways in which we can hear and receive and absorb the Word of Christ. But the important thing is that it falls into good soil. It doesn't matter whether it comes from a tablet, whether it comes from a phone, what translation it is, of how we use it, it needs to fall into good soil. It needs to have that space to take root and to grow. There is a richness about the word of Christ which means we can't gloss over scripture and we can't gloss over the message of salvation as if it's just a little thing to hear amongst everything else. We've got to let it take root. That is so important. So these words that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Church of Colossae say that let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you in you richly think of your life as good fertile soil where the word will take root and make sure that it's not like a path or a stony ground or amongst the thorns give space for God's word to grow but then the passage goes on teach and admonish one another in all wisdom as if out of receiving and hearing and growing that word of Christ there's a message then to be shared and to explore together. That's the learning from the Word of Christ. And it seems as if the spiritual gift of wisdom is shaped by the greater gift of Scripture. There is a sense here of a Christian community gathered under the Word of Christ that is allowing the truth of God's love and life and the gospel of Jesus Christ to shape its character and its being. And the people who are gathered together to teach and admonish one another, so there's an interaction going on here, with all wisdom, so there's a spiritual gift that is applied, using that richness of the Word of Christ. And that's what we need to do. As a Christian community, we need to think and pray and learn and encourage one another through the Word of Christ. It doesn't just mean that you pick a verse here and you pick a verse there, and because it says this here, therefore we believe that something has to be all the time in every place. It's a little bit more than that. It's gathering together the whole word of Christ. It's gathering the whole of Scripture and understand what is God is saying and understand what was being said in a particular time and place and how that relates to our time and our place today. So to re- think reflectively, and to think about the whole of Scripture as it comes to the particular challenges of our lives today. Before lockdown, uh, we did do one or two things. I did, I think, two or three sessions with some of the deacons and one with some of the congregation on interpreting the Bible and thinking reflectively around the whole of Scripture, trying to gather the tools as to how we take the richness of this Word and apply it to some of the challenging uh, ways in which we're thinking today about how we should live and how we should be Christian people. And we need to pick that up and do more of it so that we are together hearing the richness of the word and we are learning from the word of Christ. So the word of Christ grows in your heart. It becomes a tool for your learning. But then also within these words as well as teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom of the Also with gratitude in your heart, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. So actually this same word of Christ is inspiring our worship. And that's why we're here today. That's why we've come together to acknowledge the goodness of God. Scripture inspires and often provides much of the material for our worship. Now some interpreters of this uh, passage would suggest that psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs have their own particular definitions, that psalms, as it was written here, equals the psalms of the Old Testament, that uh, the hymns equal some of the hymn expressions of the Christian faith that came out in the early life of the church, and the songs are the sort of, uh, just the more spontaneous inspirations of the Spirit. Uh, That may indeed be the case, but I don't think we need to be over-rigid about this. But psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs gives us the breadth of what there is from the richness of the word of Christ to inspire our singing and our praising. And yes, sometimes we'll use the words of the Hebrew Psalms in the Old Testament. Sometimes we'll use phrases that come from all over the Bible. So many of our songs are full of phrases that are all across the pages of Scripture. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will just inspire you to write something, to sing something, uh, and it's not practiced and it's not organized and it's not all written down, but it's from the heart and it's part an expression of worship to God. Uh, and I think there's such an opportunity to grow in the way in which we express our praise to God, emerging out of the richness of the Word of Christ. In John chapter 6 towards the end of the story about the feeding of the 5,000 and the extended uh, discourse that John's Gospel provides on that. In verses 67 and 68, there were some people who stopped following Jesus because they were struggling to believe that he was truly the bread of life. And then Jesus said to the 12 disciples, are you going to do the same? I'll just find the actual words and read them to you because they're very powerful. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Where else can we go? Because Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. And so allow the richness of God's word to really soak into your heart and life today. Allow it to be the basis on which you talk to one another and learn together as together we explore what God is saying about life and about people and about love and about hope. And allow those words to inspire your worship and your praise as those expressions of praise emerge out of the scriptures. When Nicky Gumbel first wrote the Alpha Course and came to the section on how and why should I read the Bible, he told the story of what happened to him on Valentine's night, 1974. He'd been to a party, was sitting in his room at college, and his greatest friend came back with his girlfriend and told him that they'd become Christians. He said, I was immediately alarmed about them, thinking that the Moonies had got them and that they needed my help. I was at times an atheist and at times an agnostic, unsure of what I believed. I'd been baptized and confirmed, but it hadn't meant much to me. At school, I'd been to chapel regularly and studied the Bible in RE lessons, but I'd ended up rejecting it, indeed arguing powerfully, or so I thought, against Christianity. Now I wanted to help my friends. So I thought I would embark on a thorough research of the subject. I made a plan to read the Quran, Karl Marx, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, the existentialist philosopher, and the Bible. I happened to have a rather rusty copy of the Bible on my shelves, so that night I picked it up and started reading. I read all the way through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, halfway through John's Gospel, then I fell asleep. Then I woke up and finished John's Gospel and carried on through Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians. I was completely gripped by what I read. I'd read it before, it had meant virtually nothing to me. This time it came alive, and I couldn't put it down. It had a ring of truth about it. And I knew that as I read it, I had to respond, because it spoke so powerfully to me. And very shortly afterwards, I came to put my faith in Jesus Christ. So that's how the author of the Alpha Course became a Christian. And how the word of life came alive to him and started to grow richly as he heard and received that word. And then went on to understand it, to interpret it, to explain it, and to encourage others to do the same. Amid so many other words today, together we hear the richness of the word of Christ. let's pray to god to help us to do that to be in good soil where that word takes root and as we pray also to bring to god the concerns that we have for the wider church community and the word around us and we're going to conclude our prayers with the lord's prayer those words will come on the screen we'll use the more contemporary version of the lord's prayer after i've led us in other prayers